focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. What is going on, ladies? I hope you are doing well. I hope you're having a good week so far. My name is Brittany. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to spend some time together and dive into today's topic. And thank you for coming back if you listen each week. I run fitmomlifetothefullest.com, so you can find out more about me there. But I'm a Catholic wife and mom of three boys, ages four, almost two, and like almost two months, which I have to apologize. I was listening back to a couple episodes from just the the past couple weeks because I was editing them. And I truly do not listen to my podcast through because, you know, it's just very cringy to hear your own voice on video or on audio. And I really do not listen to them. I listen to the first little snippet when I put in my intro intro music. I listen to the last little snippet while I'm fading out the outro music. But a couple of them I wanted to make sure that I was titling the right episodes. So I like would hit to spots in the middle. And I realized that I sounded absolutely dead tired. So I apologize. My enthusiasm for you (laughs) for our conversation is definitely not waning. I just want to assure you I am all in. I am here. I'm always excited to talk about health and fitness with you. I just am not getting much sleep. And that is what, you know, this season of life is about. It's so inconsistent right now. Our little man is mostly a very good sleeper. And then just random nights. Actually, last night was one of those. It's 2 to 4 a.m. Just wanted to stare at me and laugh at me. And it was very cute. But, you know, leaves you, I guess, (laughs) sounding a little rough the next day. So anyways, I am very excited. I'm excited we just started our challenge. At the time of recording this, it's the day two of our eight-week macro and nutrition challenge. So it's always really fun, especially those of you listening who have done the challenge before. And you can kind of commiserate to those first couple days of the kind of emails I get of like, Brittany, what the heck do I log into my fitness pail? Or how do you find out what three ounces of chicken comes out to? And all those fun things that really is super fun too. This is the teacher part of me that loves leading these group challenges. So anyway, without further ado, we're going to hop into today's topic, which actually is a little medley. It is a Q&A. So let me pull up those cues real quick. Okay. So number one question I got was, do you need to track your, this is very applicable for right now, actually. Do you need to track your micronutrients? So if you're tracking your macros, do you need to track your micronutrients as well? I say no in general to this because If you are, what I promote is eating 80% clean and 20% treats, right? If you're eating 80% whole clean foods, you are naturally going to hit your micronutrients. You don't have to really like calculate out the hitting the fiber or making sure you're not over in sugar or whatever because you are getting 80% of your nutrition from whole clean foods. So you would naturally be good on those. If you're you know, filling in with fruits and vegetables, you're worrying about hitting your vegetable quota a day more so than like logging the actual micronutrients, you're going to be just fine. So I do not really ever track my micronutrients myself. I don't necessarily, you know, recommend clients to do that. I mean, I still log everything. So again, for myself, sometimes I am lazy on logging the vegetables just because I know they're not going to take many of my calories. So I'm like, okay, well, and I'm going to have some romaine lettuce with that. And that's, you know, barely any calories to input. But if you are curious and you think you might be low on fiber or some of those key micronutrients, then go ahead and just make sure you're logging everything. And if you're not hitting them, then that's just something to become aware of that you want to make sure you are 
focusing on getting in your whole clean foods and as always putting a positive spin on it not what can I not eat oh I can't eat this this is on the no list you know you want to look at it as what can I eat like oh I need to fill my three to five servings of vegetables today maybe I'll try this new salsa or maybe I will like oven roast some tomatoes and throw that on top of some chicken for dinner or something like that. So try to look at it as positive and just if you in general are making sure that 80% of your food is coming from whole clean foods, lots of vegetables like I said and fruits sparingly in there, you're going to hit your micronutrients naturally. Okay, next question. Is there a particular way to train when you have muscle imbalances? I'm a breast cancer survivor and had reconstructive surgery a year ago. I continue to work out, but my left side continues to be worker, weaker Excuse me, than my right. I still use the same weight on both sides during training currently. So this was a really interesting question, and I already <laughs> privately answered it to the person who asked me because I didn't want them to have to wait all the way until I recorded this, but I thought that this might apply to all, those of you who have had maybe other surgeries or other injuries on different sides that you are curious about this. So what I told her as well is in general, if you just said, hey, Brittany, my, I noticed that my right side is way weaker, way weaker than my left side. Should I do something different there? Should I train it more frequently? Should I do heavier with my left because it can, like those kinds of, of things? And guys, in general, we all do have a dominant side. For most people, it's actually the opposite side of the side that you write with. So for me, I am right-handed, but my left side is actually dominant because it actually makes sense if you think about it, or I'm sorry, my left side is, you know, stronger while I'm right-hand dominant, like I write with my right. I'm making this way more confusing than it needs to be, but think about it. I write with my right hand. I do a lot of things with my right hand. So my left is always carrying the load. And for me, that usually means it's carrying the kid. (laughs) So I will have a kid on my left hip so that I can open my door with my right hand with the key. I can get in the car with my right hand. So I'm carrying groceries in my left hand to open a door with my right hand. So think about that. Usually it actually is your opposite side that's stronger. But in that case, I would still say just try to like balance out your daily life like that. But in this specific case, meaning like carry more things on the opposite side, I wouldn't actually in any of these cases never tell you to go ahead and lift heavier weight on the side that's already stronger because it's just going to keep the gap growing and then like your left is going to get super strong your right's going to get super super weak so what I would have suggested if the surgery was not in here if it was just a weaker side issue I would say just hit that muscle group more frequently but still doing both sides of it so for example if it was just hey Brittany my chest is weaker than my back and my legs what should I do I would say or even specifically, the right side of my chest is weaker than my back and my legs. What should I do? I'd say, well, if you're only hitting chest once a week, up it to two times a week. If you're hitting it two times a week, up it to three times a week. I wouldn't go more than that because it does need to recover in between. But still do the same amount of weight both sides. But now you're getting more training volume to that muscle group. And eventually, that other side should catch up. However, because this question specifically said a year ago I had reconstructive surgery, I suggested for her not to hit it more frequently because it was only a year ago. So you're probably dealing with scar tissue and just some rebuilding of muscle and other muscles probably learned how to kick in a little bit for you when you couldn't use that muscle that much, like your 
triceps and shoulders probably kicked in more to help you push than your chest since your chest was the area that underwent the surgery. So I think in this case, more time away from the surgery is going to lead to a natural improvement in strength, but I would not right now up the volume there. I'd still hit it once a week or twice a week, whatever you were hitting it. If the body seemed to be able to handle that. And then when it's a little more time away from the surgery, you could up that volume, okay? So that means adding a day of training to it, but still doing the same amount of weight both sides. Okay, next question. When tracking your macros, another macro question, should you worry about if you are over or under calories or worry more about the macros? Okay, so for example, say whatever your macros are set to, 1,700 calories, let's say is your overall calories, and then you have your specific macro targets. What I tell my clients and do for myself is that I consider getting within 10 grams of each macronutrient goal. When for those of you who are a very brand new listener, a macronutrient is just your carbs, fat, and protein. So you're going to have, you know, targets to hit, say, 180 grams of carbs, whatever. I don't have something pulled up in front of me that'll actually shake out to 1,700 calories. But say you've got those specific targets, right? My I consider my a successful day to be getting within 10 grams of each, 10 grams of my carb, 10 grams of my protein, 10 grams of my fat. Now, if my calories are like 110 calories over or say 70 calories under, should I worry about this? Should I try to get it to zero? No. I say no for myself, for my clients. Someone else might give you another answer, but here's the thing. Because each macro is worth a different amount of calories, it depends. Like if you are over five grams of fat, I would consider that a win because you're still within the 10 gram window that I say. However, fat is worth nine calories. One gram of fat is worth nine calories. So it might look like you are over a little bit in calories. That is all right. Like that little variance in calorie is not going to be as big of a deal as the macros are going to be, especially in protein. You're always going to need to be eating high protein, so it's better. I would rather you be over calories, but you hit your protein goal than be under calories, vice versa. So depending, again, on which macro you are a little bit under or over, you might be under or over calories. Carbs and protein are both worth one gram of those equals four calories. However, again, fat is worth a little more. It's worth nine calories. So it just depends on the day. If you happen to be seven grams under in fat, you might find yourself a little under in your overall calories, right? If that's the one that you happen to go over and you're going to be a little bit over. If you just want to be really as diligent as you can, as close to your targets as you can, I still would not worry about the calories. I would just close that window to be a five gram window and now worry about getting within five grams of each target, okay? My last question also has to do with macros and tracking pretty much. Is it better to eat higher carb or higher fat? Good question, because there's really not a right or wrong, and you're probably, you know, we all want that just clean-cut answer. You're probably not going to be happy with my kind of it-depends answer, but that is kind of the truth. So it depends on what your goals are. It depends on uh, your your how your body works. And some of this, honestly, is just trial and error. It's just like when I've talked about, and my husband's been on, and we've both talked about how your body might respond better to different types of working out than other types of working out. Kind of the same thing with nutrition. There are some people who have eaten higher carb always while, while tracking macros, and their body runs better on it. They feel better in their workouts. They have more energy. There are some people who eat higher fat, and they feel better eating that way, eating higher fat, they feel less bloated, they still have energy, all those things. Also, again, this is where 
your workouts depend a little bit if you are currently doing any kind of endurance workouts because I know some of you listening are training for half marathons things like that you are going to want to eat a little bit more high carb because your body's preferred source of energy is carbohydrates so you're going to give it those carbs that it needs to turn it into glucose to immediately burn it off right is kind of the goal there you're obviously still going to need protein and those kinds of things you're still going to need fat to help your brain and to help you stay satiated but you might tend toward a little bit higher carb Whereas if you are not doing a lot of endurance work or you feel your energy just fine in your workouts if you eat higher fat and that's how you prefer to eat, that's fine. Again, right now we just started the challenge. I set people's macro targets, my participants' macro targets, but then I adjust them as I see the way that they naturally tend to eat. If they tend to eat higher carb, we can work with that. We can give you a little bit more carb and take away your fats. Again, within reason, we're not going to totally make one category dominant over the other category, especially in the fat sense, because I will never give you more fat than more carb. That didn't make sense. My grammar is really on point today, guys. Did I mention I didn't sleep last night? I will never make your fat grams higher than your carbs. That is tending toward eating more keto, and I don't promote that way because your body still, again, its preferred source is carbs, and you can still burn fat. Even if your carbs are higher than fat, it's, it's not that you have to only be taking in fat to burn fat. It doesn't work like that. So a little bit of variance is totally okay, and it might depend on even just your season right now. I tend to eat a little bit more high fat versus high carb, but that's not all the time. Like There are seasons in the winter and stuff like where I do tend to eat a little more high carb because I'm eating more comfort food type things. I make a lot more homemade breads and homemade pizzas, things like that, homemade pastas and sauce on Sundays. Where in the summer, I just tend to not really want that stuff and I'm eating a little more just protein vegetables and it tends to be a little bit higher in fat. Again, if you are training with me or working with me, your carb is still always going to be almost the highest number, if not the highest number, because protein is going to be up there as well. And fat is still going to be the lower number. But like I said, you can sway it a little bit. What I tend to, if you're working out your own macros or looking at what yours is set up into, I tend to start people off around 35 grams of carb, 25 grams of protein, 35 grams of fat. But again, this depends. You have to also, I also look at trying to get protein to right around a pound of ideal body weight. However, if like they're brand new to tracking or are not at all near that, that protein right now, I'm not going to throw them at that immediately. So say they're, they're currently eating around hundred grams of protein. I'm going to, you know, encourage them to eat more around 120 grams, even if their goal weight is 140. Little tangent there for you, but I still try to just give you more of the, the why and how behind things, not just do it for you. And then you can't do it on your own. So Again, is high carb better than high fat? No, it just depends what your body needs and what you need to work off of. Same thing, is it better to eat high fat than high carb? No, it's just in general, the way the macros are going to shake out, unless you're specifically trying to eat really low carb or something like that, is going to be that your carbs should be probably the highest number, followed by protein and then by fat, just because your body prefers to work off of carb, but not to say that again, eating fat doesn't have its place. All right. I hope that was helpful and not confusing. Uh, I, I think when people say 
higher carb, I assume. It's just actually like kind of regular, a regular diet because we have looked at carbs so much as like should be low carb or no carb and zero carb and all those things. So to me, a normal way of eating is that your carbs are the highest number. Uh, so again, if it's not helpful, you can always ask me to clarify. Uh, FitMomLifeToTheFullest at gmail.com is my email. Come hang out on Facebook with us if you're not already in the Facebook group. It's just the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest Fitness and Nutrition group. And I most often see and talk to all of you on Instagram as well at Fit Mom Life to the Fullest. So I hope you have a great rest of your day, ladies. I will talk to you next time. Bye.